everyone, you're listening to the Let Us Golf podcast with me, Olivia Boffamley Dakin. This is a show where we chat to golfers from the LT Access series, present and past, about life on the tour, the latest news, but also learn more about who they are and their golfing journey. So it's been two weeks of Team Golf. Team Europe have come out on top. They've retained the Solheim Cup. They've won back the Ryder Cup and both the Ping Junior Solheim Cup and Junior Ryder teams have taken the trophies. Whilst all our eyes have been on the bigger stage, our LET Access golfers have had two weeks off, but not two weeks of rest as they have been busy behind the scenes preparing and practicing for the final three events. By the end of this month, we will have crowned our Order of Merit winner and know who clinched the top six spots to earn LET cards for 2024. It's all so exciting and I just don't want it to be over just yet. Two weeks ago, Letas went to France for the third time this year for the Ode de France Pas de Calais Open, a co-sanctioned event with the Alps Tour. And it all came down to a nail-biting, tense playoff between two great players, South Africa's Lejeune Lufwait and Slovenia's Kacha Podjica, who led the tournament throughout. It went to a third playoff hole to crown Lufwait the champion as she chipped her third shot near the green to give herself the birdie opportunity in amazing scenes and one that she took. Well, it's about time we listened to Lejeune and we caught up after the win to discuss the amazing week in France, how it felt to secure her first victory in Europe after seven other professional wins and finding out more about who she is and the journey she has been on with her golf. So without further ado, let's go speak to Lejeune. Welcome, Lejan, to the Let Us Golf podcast. Lovely to have you here. How are you this morning? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing very well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. What have you been up to recently since France? Um, yeah, so we've had a, a two-week, um, I, I wouldn't say break, but two weeks off from tournaments. Uh, so I took a, a few days just to let, let the wind sink in, which is quite nice for a change and not have to just get straight into the next one. So yeah, I definitely took a bit of a rest because it has been a very busy summer. Um, also trying to balance uh, main tour on the ladies European tour with the access tour a little bit. So it has been a little bit, um, a little bit busy, but uh, a little bit of rest, watching a bit of the Rugby World Cup. Uh, I mean, there's been so much sport on, so lots to watch. And then just got back into training now this past week. Amazing. You spoke there about this season. Obviously, you're balancing the LET and let us. How is that? Uh, hasn't been easy um I wasn't too sure what to do at the beginning of the season because I know some players like to choose between one or the other and and not try and balance both um you know I wasn't too sure how many um LET events I was going to get into at the beginning of the year and then it kind of started out and I got a re-rank early on in the year and um that seemed to help to help a little bit and started getting into a few more so I've actually played I think a total of about eight um which is definitely enough opportunity to 
you know, move, move up and and get a re-rank. Um, unfortunately, wasn't able to take up on the opportunities that I had for those ones. Um, but just as well, last week went uh, or France went well because um, yeah, seemed to move up quite nicely on the on the later sort of merit. Definitely. So let's speak about France the week. You went into the week from the Rose Ladies Open having not been had to withdraw from that tournament due to illness. Um, so how were you feeling at the start of um, the week in France? Were you fully recovered? Yeah, I was perfect. To be honest, it was it was a real pity about the Rose. I was feeling really good going into the week. I was perfectly fine the day before and I literally just woke up. It must have been a, like a 24-hour bug. Um, even just a few hours, uh, to be honest, I, I think if I'd had an afternoon tea off time, I was, you know, joking with uh, some friends. I was like, if I had an afternoon tea off time, I might have made it because <laughs> I was actually all right uh, the next few days. Um, but, you know, like I said, it, it had been a busy schedule and the two, three days um, not playing that week might have done me good in terms of rest. But I was actually fine. It was, it was literally a 24 hour bug and, and I was I was perfectely fine the next day. <laughs> It's actually gutting because I, I had a 24-hour bug before France. I, I couldn't go oh, out to France and watch you guys oh, play. And I'm, I'm gutted because I missed your actual win. Oh, um, no. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. You had three great rounds um, going in and then you play off victory in the end at, with Katya. Um, what was going through your head in the playoff? Um, yeah, to be honest, it was a bit of a surprise. I'd, I'd said to my caddy during the round... Um, I needed to get to about 12 or 13 under. So I did think I was two or three shots short. And uh, you just never know with this game. And, you know, Katja's she's played so well this entire season. I actually shared with her a couple of weeks back. And she's really been, she's been in contention a few times, you know. So I honestly thought she, she would have shot a few more under that day. But um, obviously I was lucky enough to get into the playoff. And going into it, I, I, to be honest, I wasn't feeling that, great about it um which is weird because most of the wins that I have had so far have all been in playoffs and um which is crazy thing and you know you just have a little bit of a gut feeling I don't know why but I I didn't feel great about it and um after after two holes uh I was it was quite funny on the way back to the tee box the the driver that was driving us back on the golf cart, he said to me, yeah, you should have about another hour of light left. And I said to him, I said, we're not going to need another hour. I said, something's going to happen on this next hole. (laughs) So I don't know which way, but I had a good feeling about it. And I thought one of us was going to make a birdie on the next hole, which was the third one. And, and something did happen. So. (laughs) And it was you and you took the victory and you mentioned now that you've had a lot of playoff victories. Is it six playoff victories out of, eight professional wins I think I read um, it is yeah that's a pretty <laughs> incredible stat actually to have is there something about playoffs that you enjoy or, or just yeah, look, there's, there's two ways to look at it there's have I faltered down the stretch to get myself into a playoff or have I done well to get myself into those playoffs I'm not going to focus on that um the fact that I've got into them and I've won them is, is what I'm going to focus on but um I don't know what it is to be honest a lot of people ask me this question and for some reason I get into a playoff and I'm just I'm really focused Uh, and it's on like another level that I don't even really understand myself um I remember uh it was it was a the one was just a one or a two-day event in South Africa and I was in a playoff against um Cassandra Alexander who who plays on the 18 I was doing extremely well in this past year and 
first playoff and I hold a shot out of the bunker. I mean, I was I was almost dead, and it was it's just crazy. I, I get to like another level of focus and uh, just produce the the goods, I guess. <laughs> Is it a bit more like match play in a playoff? Um, not you know I don't really treat it as a match match play too much. Um, yes, that there is a sense of that for sure. I think you do have to be aware of where the other player is, but more so concentrating on on yourself and and the next shot that you've got to play. I think that's that's more my focus. So, what did the win in France mean to you? I mean, it's a huge deal. Um, it's my first win in Europe, which is a massive uh, accomplishment for me, and hopefully the start of of more to come. And um, yeah, look, there's still three more events to play on the Access Tour, which, you know, a lot can happen in, in, in three weeks, in three tournaments. So I'm going to keep pushing and we'll see what happens. And with the win in France, it's kind of pushed you up. I were incredible, like, number on the ranking. I don't know the exact number, but you're now um, mm-hmm. a lot higher than you were in the order of merit. Are you thinking about trying to get into those, like, top 21, top 10 spot, the top six spots? Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, like I said, a win can change everything. If I get, if I can get myself into contention in 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 just one more, and you know, you, you just don't know. You know, I think even if I if I, I've definitely thought of it. <laughs> um, even if I finish top five in the next three events, um, I can give myself a real good chance at finishing in that top six. Uh, you know, for full card next year. So it's definitely about at the back of my mind. But I also realize expectation is not necessarily a good thing in this game, and you got to focus on the task at hand. And there's a lot of golf to be played, so I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, and we got Italy next. Um, are you looking forward to that event? Yeah, absolutely. Leaving tomorrow, and um, yeah, can't wait to get back out there. I've uh, trained hard this last week, and still feeling pretty good. So let's see what happens. <laughs> It's obviously a new new course, new tournament. Um, is that a good thing in your experience that everyone's on a level playing field with expectations? Yeah, to be honest, it doesn't. Um, I don't mind so much. Um, obviously, going back to a course you've played before, you know a little bit more about the golf course. But this way, yeah, level playing field for everyone, I guess. Um, you know, in in the speaking on previous events that I, I don't think that playing on an you know playing at a golf course that I've known has really helped me that much compared to say someone who hasn't played it because you know we always go in there and get quite a lot of prep done um before the tournament anyway so yeah looking forward to a new venue have you got a caddy this week this week I do yes um Shane it's actually the guy who was going to caddy for me at the Rose series um it was it was a bit of a dilemma uh, for me because we'd arranged that he that he comes with to Italy and then obviously after my win in France, a good friend of mine Simon was caddying for me, and he was like I'll fly to Italy and I'll caddy for you there too and you know I was I was in this dilemma I didn't know who to take and um, I thought you know I've I've made the plans I already booked um Alex who's who's uh, going to be caddying for me I'd already booked his tickets so um he'll be on my bag. <laughs> Is that a new partnership then? It is, yes. Shame. He um he hasn't carried for me in a full event yet. As I say, the Rose series was supposed to be um the first one on the bag and I could see he was quite excited to do it and um we were really looking forward to it, obviously. Um but yeah, I mean even Simon, he it was the first time that he was carrying for me as well in France and it just seemed to to work straight off the bat. So it, it was definitely a very hard decision. 
but um you know maybe going into next year knowing what you know what schedule i'll have i can decide on a more uh, permanent um person on the bag And let's now go back to the beginning. Where did your journey in golf start? Yeah, so I, I picked up golf pretty pretty late in terms of, um, you know, in gen- general terms, you hear a lot of girls or, or guys um, start starting golf quite young. So I, I took it up seriously when I was 17. Um, I played up, I played a lot of sport up until then, quite competitively. Um, other sports um, like tennis, hockey and sailing. And um, yeah, started getting coaching when I was 17. Obviously, I was finishing school in, you know, when I was 18. So I didn't play too much, but took a, a gap year um, after school and went to a golf academy for about a year and a half. And it was always my dream to go play golf in America. So after a year and a half, got a, a golf scholarship to Texas State University, went over there, played for four years, Division One um, NCAA golf and came back and turned professional um yeah and then it's just been it was just a couple of years trying to get onto the let i went to q school three times before i got my full card um before that i you know i also played a bit on the access tour back then as well i think it was 2017 2018 those two years and um yeah so i got onto the tour after after my third try at q school which was quite nice and uh did all right in the first year i kept my card the first year playing um COVID happened after that so Everything was a little bit haywire <laughs> for a year or two. And um, yeah, just coming out of lockdown, um, just started off really slow and was battling to to kind of gain momentum again. So it's, I've just spent the last uh, couple of months trying to get back on track. <laughs> and you're back on track now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, yeah. Um, so you grew up in South Africa. What was it like growing up in South Africa? Yeah, I mean, uh, great, a great upbringing. Um, it's uh, South Africa is brilliant for golf. Uh, we can play all year. The weather's fantastic, so the you know the golf is really cheap. Um, in in comparison to to all over Europe and the UK, um, so to get to get um, top coaching or really good coaching there is is relatively is is affordable. Is what's more affordable. So um, I was really blessed to to grow up in that environment, and um, especially for somebody who loves sports and being outdoors, it, it was the perfect place to grow up and uh, be around family. So it was, um, yeah, I miss it a lot, to be honest. <laughs> and you said that you grow, um, sorry, that you started golf when you were seventeen. That's that's quite late compared to a lot a lot of the golf our golfers on tour and and professional golfers in general. Do was that. Has that ever been an issue, like trying to catch up with others? Or um, is there some positives that come from starting at a later age? Yeah, look, I don't think uh, I don't think you can try catch up, really. Um, obviously, I do feel a little bit older than some of the girls on tour, you know, starting out or, or trying to get to the top. And, uh, what, you know, one of the beautiful things about golf is that you can play it until you're a lot older. You know, it's, it's not really like that in other professional sports. 
yes, you are seeing it a little bit more now. Like uh, Novak Djokovic, I think he's an exception to the rule, though. But like professional tennis, you got to you got to be peaking at a you know at a lot um, a lot younger. In golf, that's not necessarily the case, and it's one of the reasons why I actually um, started golf was because of that fact. Um, I I'd love tennis and I wanted to actually play it, and um, my parents were said to me no you got to finish school first and I thought I'd, I'd be too old to to take up or to be a professional um, tennis player by the time I'd finished school so that's one of the reasons I took up golf and yeah it, it's maybe taken a bit longer than I would have liked but I'm glad I've stuck it through I, I still love playing the game and as long as I am um, I'm going to keep pushing to see how far I can go. So have doing sport as a living has always been uh, a name of yours? Yes, absolutely. Since I was a little girl, um, my first role model was um, Penny Haynes, who was a, a famous swimmer. Um, she was she was an Olympic gold medalist. And then so swimming and then I moved on to tennis. Although before tennis, I actually started sailing. My dad got me into um, sailing, um, sailed for South Africa when I was 14 um, did that quite competitively until I was 16, which is quite, you know, when, you, when you're wanting to take up a professional sport, that's at 16, you want to be fully into that sport. And I, I was definitely not fully into golf at that stage. Um, but, you know, playing these sports growing up, I think, shaped me into the person I am today. It, it taught me a lot of different things. And, and that's the beauty, beauty about sports. So I'm really glad I got that chance. And what was it about golf that you you liked? love now I guess but <laughs> um, you know I love sports in general being active being outdoors and and being competitive at anything really um and I, I guess it's golf is just one of them I love the fact that um you know every goal every day golf is a, is a new challenge um it's a different golf course and it's it doesn't matter what you shoot today tomorrow's a new day you, you don't know what you're going to get and um yeah, there's there's a there's definitely a beauty and a love um because of that um through golf. Do your parents play golf? Is that how I like because I'm just curious at 17, like how did mm-hmm. how did they get introduced to golf as a sport? No, so you know so not through my parents, it was actually through my my aunt and my uncle. They um they live on a golf a golf estate in South Africa, which is um it's quite a big thing there to well, not a big thing, but uh, that you get a lot of golf estates where you've got residential houses around golf courses. And I used to visit them in the school holidays. I was very close to my two cousins and they were massive golfers themselves. So during the school holidays, that's what I would do. I'd, I'd go visit them and we'd end up playing golf. And that's kind of how I got into it. That's really nice. I love how it's always often family that get get people into yeah. golf. It's quite yeah. a good sport for family, isn't it? It is. It's fabulous. Yeah. So, so you're now living in England, is that right? Because you mentioned yeah. earlier you, you miss South Africa, but you're living in England now. Um, is that is that because of work? Is it just easier? Um. Yeah. It's not the only reason. So, um, it was always for it. It it, it had been some time coming. I'd been thinking about it to move over here. Um. Obviously, travel is one of the biggest reasons. Um. It is quite tiring to traveling to and from South Africa. Uh. In between events and the girls that I currently do it will will, will tell you <laughs> it's a lot of traveling time. The cost, obviously. Um. Tickets are are a lot more expensive. And then thirdly, um. My older sister. I've got two sisters. One one younger. One older. Um. Uh, my older sister. She moved over to to England 
three years ago with her two boys and her husband and um my parents sadly they they split up at the end of 21 and my mom was like you're gonna be in Europe your older sister's in Europe my younger sister who was finishing her fashion studies um couldn't wait to leave South Africa and just get to Europe to to pursue her her fashion uh, career and so my mom was like there's no way she's staying in South Africa when all three of us girls are you know overseas and um so yeah we all decided to make a permanent move over this side and and it seemed to um, benefit all of us at the same time. So it made the decision quite easy. Are you very close to your sisters? I am, yes. You're all very, very close. <laughs> they, did you celebrate the win? Because I know you said you're going to celebrate a win, the win with them. Did you get around to doing that? Yes, yes, we did. We opened a bottle of uh, champagne and uh, my grand's here too as well. She also moved over. And um, yeah, we definitely had a little celebration. <laughs> I love that. Um, I saw this video where you spoke about women and women's sport I think it was for Investec um who I know sponsored like the South African events do you see yourself as like a women role model for younger golfers yeah absolutely um it's it's something that I'm quite I'm very passionate about actually it's something that I'd like to perhaps get more into when I'm finished playing I don't think um it's easy to get into politics because a lot of it is politics I think um especially yes I can advocate as a as a woman athlete myself to to you know for women's um women's sports but I think you can have a large impact um as a as, as a I want to say a more full-time role once I'm finished playing and, and it's something that I really do want to do so we'll see what happens I, I'm still playing at the moment but um if I can make an impact while I'm playing even better but absolutely, it's something I'm very passionate about and I want to be a, a, a big supporter for women and women in sports and, and see how um, how we can keep growing it and, and making it bigger and better. Obviously, we had the big Solheim Cup a um, couple of weeks ago, the biggest event in women's golf, you could argue. Um, what um, what do you think the growth is like in women's golf? Are we Are we going in the right direction? Absolutely. Um, we're definitely making huge strides. Um, I love seeing more mixed events on the schedule. Um, a lot of events and especially, I mean, my win in France, the the hearts, you know, that we played alongside the men for the pre- same prize fund. And that's that's a, that's the those are the steps that we need to see men and women competing, you know, um for at the same event for the same prize money. I think that's a huge thing. And we are seeing more events. Um, you know, doing that and and having the Solheim with the Ryder Cup, you know, the week after, I think is is great. Um, uh, I don't know if it was planned that way, um, <laughs> but uh, I think it's that's great. Um, it's going to keep growing, and uh, we're going to there's going to be more viewers watching women's sports. I hear it all the time, and um, yeah, I'm I'm going to keep advocating for it. I think we we still got a long way to go. I think we can keep making these big strides. Um. I, you know, I follow a lot of other sports, Um, you know, following how, you know, a lot of the football players are, are getting, you know, the national teams are getting paid the same as some of the male um, national teams, the same is happening in women's cricket. And, you know, I think women's golf has been around a lot longer than those sports. Well, a lot longer than women's cricket, I would say. So I do think we still have a long way to go. And I, I'm hoping that we can keep pushing hard and, and um, leveling that playing field for sure. I'm right in thinking that you actually won a playoff victory once as a in a South African event that was with the men. Is that right? Were you playing? I did, yes. 
<laughs> so part of my preparations for, for Q school for the LET was the only real playing opportunity that I had was it was a mini tour in South Africa. It was for professionals who were just trying to get tournament exposure leading up to either the Sunshine Men's Tour Q school, which is very competitive. And then obviously for me, uh, my goal was to 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 go to the Ladies European um, Tour Q school. So I played on the, the what's called the IGT Tour. And um, for a lot of, you know, South Africa's uh, newly turned professionals just wanting to compete and played on those for one, two years and uh, yeah, ended up winning two of them, two back to, well, two really close together. And um, yeah, that that was women playing against the men. So similar to the Scandinavian mix where the ladies actually compete against the men for the same prize fund. It was the same sort of setup. And yeah, I managed to win two of those, which was quite nice. Was that, um, do you think that's kind of shaped your kind of views on women in sport and needing that kind of equal playing field? Yeah, absolutely. And and even the, you know, the, I wouldn't say the struggles, but even the, the, the current situation of today, and we hear so many women talking about it and, and, and pushing for it. And, and it's not just golf, it's, it's through all of the sports, you know? So yeah, definitely a, a big advocate for it. And uh, hopefully I can make an impact some days or sometime. <laughs> definitely. hundred percent. Um, I love, the fact that you want to go into that after golf is you're obviously 32 now um but obviously golf is a sport you can do at any age but do you ever think about um leaving the game professionally yeah for sure I mean to be honest with you um May this year I didn't even know if I was going to be playing golf um yeah, I'd, I'd lost a big sponsor, South African sponsor of mine in February, and I didn't really see it coming. So, I, you know, I didn't have a main sponsor. And to be honest, I had two job offers lined up in May, beginning, it was about end of May. And I luckily had a, had a management company approach me called DeFi, who I'm a part of now. And I thought, you know, what, I've got nothing to lose. Let me meet up with them. And they managed to, to help me out. And if, you know, if it wasn't for them, and uh, you know the 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 network that they have, I, I probably wouldn't be playing today. So it's a crazy story. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I you know in February when I when I when I got the news, you know, I wasn't ready to give up, and I didn't want losing a sponsor to define who I was and to define whether or not I play golf. So it was important for me to just keep going, keep pushing, keep trying. And you know, I'm I'm glad I did. And Obviously, it's my goal to to get back playing on on the main tour to try get a full card back, and I'd love to be able to win on tour one day, you know, on the main tour, and and that's the goal. So, yeah, obviously, age is a factor. As women, we want to start families and children, and I've had a few relationships that that have been tough to manage because being on tour, it is extremely difficult traveling all the time. So, um. Yeah, well, let's see how it goes. I'm 32, so I've maybe got a couple of years left <laughs> before I have to concentrate on the rest. Um, yeah, just trying to focus on the game for now. What were the job offers? Can I ask that? Like, what? What? <laughs> you can look. They weren't. Uh, it was kind of me thinking, well, it's my foot in the door in the golf industry type of thing. Um, but two very well-known companies. Uh, one was called Your Golf Travel. I know they do a lot of, uh, I think they were even at Ryder Cup. Um, and the other one was called Get Get Golfing. They they go into golf clubs and they they kind of not take over, but they take them under their wing and they flip them around, make them better, 
Um, they do an incredible job. I've I've seen some of the golf courses that they've um gone in and overtaken management there, and they've done a, a fantastic job. So it was the, those were the two. Yeah. Well, I'm really pleased for all our sakes that you're still playing in the game, and it just goes to show that a lot of people behind the scenes they don't see the stress of like needing sponsors and and money, and it's an expensive um profession and without that you're kind of stuck but I'm really glad that Defy have come along and um, <laughs> supporting you now yeah thanks no it is extremely difficult and uh it's one of the tools as a professional golfer you need to have is kind of to network and, and be able to find yourself sponsors because you, you definitely need that initial backing and investment so um yeah glad to still be around <laughs> hitting a golf ball <laughs> move on to a quick fire round finish off this podcast um so i'm just going to quick buy some quick questions to you and you can answer as quick as possible i always start off with a dream four ball but it doesn't need to be with golfers and it can be anyone basically who would you like to play three people you'd like to play around golf with um yeah look i mean some of my golfing idols would be obviously tiger woods i think he is the goat <laughs> um uh, and then two other role models of mine growing up, uh, Suzanne Pedersen was one of mine. Um, obviously, awesome watching her last week when when as a captain as well. And probably Annika Sorensen, who who's actually doing an unbelievable job in, in trying to get women's golf, um, you know, up, you, well, trying to advocate. Well, she's doing a brilliant job in advocating women's golf and, and trying to get it onto the same um, playing field as, as the male's as the men's trust. So um, I'd love to have a round of golf with them and, and pick their minds about it all. <laughs> that sounds like a good round. <laughs> um, where's your favourite place that you've ever played? Um, course you've played? Wow, it's, this is a, like a tough question for me because uh, I do feel like I've played at um, a few. You know, I, I played on a couple of really great golf courses in America. Uh, one of my favourites was, um, it was called Snow Canyon. In Trada at Snow Canyon, it was in Utah. Be really beautiful. Um, another one of my favorite courses is actually La Reserva at Santa Grande, where you know we used to have an event there on their Ramco team series. So, um, pretty fortunate to have played a lot of great golf courses. Um, we've also got a few good ones in South Africa too. Sun City, um, it's called the Gary Player, which is nice playing in in the bush. So yeah, those are some of my favorites. You get back to South Africa much. Yeah, absolutely. I've still um I still got one or two sponsors out there, which is nice. And I, I do still have family. Um and it will be the Sunshine Ladies tour starting at the beginning of February next year. So I'll definitely be back for that and spend a couple of months in the sun while well, it's a little bit cold on this side. That sounds very nice. I cannot Yeah, yeah looking forward to it. And what's your favorite snack on the course? Ooh, I generally keep it quite simple. Uh it's going to sound a bit boring, but probably just a banana and a protein bar. <laughs> They're go-tos, aren't they? Yeah. I, I really dislike bananas, but <laughs> that's my that's my issue with bananas. I, I, honestly, like when I'm not playing golf, I don't eat them at all, but I, I just know that they're really good for uh, endurance and, and keeping the, you know, 
the hunger levels down. <laughs> and what's your last thought before you hit a driver? Wow. Um, the one I use the most is probably keep my head down, like sense a strike. That's it. <laughs> I really like hearing what people think. I mean, obviously, yeah. you don't have long to think. So you know, no, you don't. And it's you can have about 50 thoughts before you hit the ball. It's, it's what's the very last one. So it's a good question. <laughs> and golf is a sport where you're like constantly just like if you're playing alone or in a in a professional, like how do you keep your mind occupied and on on uh, that's a thing. You've got so much time to think in golf. It's not uh it's not a reactive sport, so <laughs> it's um yeah, you do have a lot of time to think, and I definitely get in my own head a little bit sometimes. Um, it's just being able to, and that's fine. You can think as much as you want, but when it when it comes to getting to your golf ball and and leading up to hitting your ball, that that routine, that process, I think you got to keep it as 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 simple and um, structured as possible. So when you do the same three things, you keep doing those same three things. You got to you got to have a like a a reset you know so anything between your shots is fine but the minute you get up to your ball you got to that, that stuff's got to leave your head a bit <laughs> well thank you to Jahan for joining us um and the podcast this morning but before you go I always finish by asking the players their best advice um to uh, let us a lot of people listen like upcoming professionals or those already in the game or just amateurs what is your best advice when it comes to golf um what well, depends on your goals um as a as a as a young a youngster coming up wanting to be a professional just follow that dream don't let anybody tell you otherwise keep practicing keep playing compete um yeah just follow that dream um as an amateur little bit more practice I'm sure will get you to the handicap you want to be at go see your local pro and just have fun just keep enjoying it that's that's why we're all out there I love that and that's true true advice to you <laughs> thanks um well I'm really excited to see you in Italy and for the rest of the season I think it's gonna be really exciting as we get to the end and the finale I'm, I'm so excited to yeah absolutely up. <laughs> looking forward to seeing you guys there Thank you all for once again tuning in to the Let Us Golf podcast and a big thank you for this week's guest, the wonderful Lejeune Luthwaite, for really sharing with us her experience of the world of professional golf, opening up about coming back after knockbacks and never giving up on your dream. It's an amazing tale, no sponsor in February, not sure if she could play this year, to securing her first tour win. It's really what Let Us is about, giving players the platform to prove their worth and step up to the bigger stage. This week, we are back in Italy um, at the stunning Golf Club Barisi, where 108 players will tee it up for the first time. It's a new tournament, a new week, and anything can happen. It's going to be very, very exciting. It starts on Thursday the 5th, the tournament, so I urge all you listening 
to follow all the action on the LET Access series on LET Access on Instagram, TikTok, on Twitter and LET Access series on Facebook. Well, as always, I super enjoyed that chat. And if you're listening to me now, you must have done too. So please, pretty please show your appreciation by clicking that subscribing button or reviewing and rating this podcast on Spotify, Apple or wherever you find your podcasts to give the series a boost and help others find it. But not only that, raising the profile of our fantastic players. I'll be back next week, potentially with the winner of the Lombardia Lettuce Open for the first time. So see you then.